Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. My, 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 we got a show for you. Hey, today we are talking, we're doing a little post-Mother's Day wrap-up show. Uh, Kind of, you know, you go to war, then you want to have a little, you know, post-mortem. Debriefing. Little debriefing, figure out how did we do. Did I do it right? Did we buy the right things? Did we do the right things? Is mom still alive? So today on the show, we're going to be talking about moms. Did she survive breakfast in did, bed? Did she survive? Yeah. Did you do breakfast in bed? Is that what you we, did? We do it every year, yes. For your for your wife? Yes. And you help the children not burn the house down? Right. That's very lovely. Well, my, my children are old enough now. They're they're starting to actually make things. Are they? Yeah. So What, what, did, what did mom eat? She had waffles and mm. it was on Facebook. Like you didn't Eggos? see it? No. No, no, we made real waffles. Did you really? I used my grandmother's waffle iron. Wow. Yeah. Well, the was cord it? was getting very hot. <laughs> well, yeah. You know it was grandma's waffle iron because the cord was hot. <laughs> exactly. and interesting. That's yeah. a good gift. A I little... made the waffles. My oldest daughter made eggs, and uh, my second daughter made some sausage patties. Did your wife just stay in bed pretending... Like she didn't know that you guys yes. were burning the house yes. down. Yes, and my kids are listening right now, by the way. That's what a beautiful gift, Mom, mm, yeah. for Mom. I'm proud but of no, you. No, she, she had it out on Facebook. You didn't see the picture? Come no, on. you know. You don't follow my wife? No, I, I actually, I probably do, honestly. I don't. I follow my wife everywhere. Yeah, so that, yeah. you know. She called me. She says you will not stop following her. Um, I don't. I just took the whole day off. I mean, as far as so, bl- oh, social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. I made Nothing dinner. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I made really? dinner. That's a spiral nice. ham. Did you spiral it yourself? <laughs> I bought it. I done bought it spiraled. And I made, so I made the ham and I made some potatoes, funeral potatoes. Funeral potatoes. Ooh, sweet. Yeah. And what else did I make? Oh, corn. Ah. Uh-huh. I didn't make it. You know, God made it. Yeah. I just cooked it. <laughs> and uh, what else did I make? You say, did you pull it out of your garden? Oh, no. no. That would have been a, no. that would have been a feat, actually. That would have been incredible <laughs> if I had actually gotten anything from my garden because my <laughs> garden's just weeds. So I just did that, but and it went very well. And my wife got to speak to our son that's on a mission. Oh, yes. That so was, that was a very important event. It's I'm a sure. huge event. So all of you out in listener land. Because yeah. they're not allowed to call on Father's Day, no. only on Mother's Day. So we send, you may have seen these missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in white shirts, ties, clean cut. We mm-hmm. send them all over the world. There's like 80,000 of them yeah. out there. I happen to have one in Mexico. Okay. I won't tell where, but just somewhere in Mexico. And he's been gone 10 months. But they're allowed to call at Christmas, and they're allowed to call on Mother's Day. Yes. Because apparently fathers don't warrant a call. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound mad. It just doesn't seem right. But so we, my wife got to talk to her son, and it was a beautiful, incredibly moving moment. I mean, we all talked to him, but it's sure. when we finally turned over the phone to the, my wife that it got all emotional. That doesn't surprise me. For everybody. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just wondering if we ought not be doing that anymore. <laughs> Good luck. If we really wanted to help the missionaries, we would just have them on Father's Day because <laughs> no one would get emotional. I was like, I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Have you got a bug yet? Have yeah. You... No. How's that bike going? How's the bike? Yeah. 
Have you blown you out your, trouser, your yeah. trousers yet? Are you? Exactly. How many shirts have you worn? Through? Are you brushing your teeth? Stuff like that. Yeah, holes in your shoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a great thing. So moms, again, happy Mother's Day. But here's the deal. Today we're talking about the power of moms. We have some incredible guests that will be joining us. Uh, Tiffany Sobey, Catherine Arviseth, who are the authors of a, a compilation book, Mothers Realized. They're also from the, the blog, Power of Moms which is a gathering place for deliberate mothers. Uh, They're going to be on the show teaching us, you know, about the power of moms. Also, a little bit later, we're going to talk about um, happy mothers, which I saw yesterday. I mean, I bet most of you saw a happy mother. My mom came over. She was very happy. And we didn't even make her waffles. My mom was very happy. We went over to her house. My daughter got up up on the counter and was cleaning the tops of her cupboards yesterday. Really? What a great... (laughs) See? This is why we need it. We yeah, need Mother's Day. And then my mother paid her. Like, <sighs> yeah. mm-hmm. Filthy lucre. Mm-hmm. Now you've got your daughter chasing the money from old grandma. Yeah. Um, mothers. Now, honestly, to me, nothing more. Nothing says mother more than someone from Hollywood and a baby announcement from Hollywood. Yeah, actually, though, we've, we've got something we're trying to do later on in the show. Oh, yeah. And so Mike, Mike has a segment that's coming up, and we, we want people to send in some information for us. So here's the deal. Um, later in the show, we're going to be talking about, you know, those fun things that – the quotes that come from moms, those funny things that moms say. Yep. Like, don't make me – Don't make me come over there. Don't make me come over there. Don't make me uh, – don't make me come back there. Don't make me pull over. My favorite parent quote is from a guy, though. It's from Bill Cosby. What? Brought you into this world, yeah. I can take you out. Well, that's really good. <laughs> so if you have something your mother has said sometime in your life, we want to hear about it, okay? Just the funny quotes, the funny stories, something profound sometimes, but tweet it to us, okay? Our Twitter handle is at BYU Radio, at BYU Radio. If you want to call it in, you can do that as well. Give us a call toll-free, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, or, you know, tweet us, at BYU Radio. Tell us your stories. We're going to put them on the air. Tell us your funny little, you know, quips, the funny things your mom has said that, uh, you know, if anyone else heard it, you know, maybe yeah. maybe DCFS would be called. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or something like that. It doesn't have to be violent. It's just no. something that makes mom wonderful. And Mike will be sharing those at the end of the show, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, anything else that we have to just do? No. Any no. housekeeping? Mm-mm. I'm glad you reminded me because I, I would have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I wouldn't have. I did. <laughs> I did forget it. Okay, so Sean, get into Hollywood baby announcements. Well, I, you know, when my, you know, I see baby announcements on Facebook from the oh, people yeah. that I'm, you know, that I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, no big deal. No. You know, you see an announcement. Okay, okay, you're having a kid. Great, yeah. wonderful. Next. Oh, look, you had a kid. Oh, Great. There you go. Let's Good. move on. <laughs> but when it comes to these celebrity announcements, well, what, how are they different? <laughs> oh, uh, cha-ching. Oh, really? That's yeah. the word. Yeah. Right there, um, yeah. Thank you very Whoa. much. But I mean, I mean, like Jay Cutler, he's a quarterback for Chicago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, he's married to Kristen Cavallari. Uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars at one time. Okay. Also in the Hills, I think, for a while back. Who knows? Uh, they had a kid, but they just put out a nice press release. What? Well, okay. So did uh, Kelsey Grammer yeah. and his wife. Hey, they put out a nice press a release. Baby. Hillary Duff. You remember Hillary Duff? Uh huh. Okay. The, yeah. The child so what does she actress? do? She yeah. She tweets the first photo of her kid. So she puts it out on Twitter. That's Just nice. Get it out there. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Why should we settle for that? <laughs> Why when, should when we? There, when there is a route that is so much more lucrative. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. that's right. Selling oh, the pictures. Yeah. Uh, do they sell? Exactly. Oh, is that what they're doing? Exactly. That's like horrible. Jessica Simpson? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's a lot of money. That's why they're doing it. And they're, those darn photographers are going to get it anyway. Paparazzi how, are going to How, much, how much did she get for the first photos of her son, Maxwell? Uh, I would bet a buck fifty. Eight hundred thousand dollars Are you kidding me? No. That's reportedly. Well, but that would put him to, through college. Uh, true. Ten times. That, yeah, no kidding. Well, then you got uh, Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony. They were married at one point. Yeah, they, they had were. twins. Yeah, that one was okay. fast. So you got two. Okay. How much did they get? Well, you think you'd get double. Mm-hmm. 1.6. Well, they got more than double. Wow. Why? $6 million. For the first photos? Yeah. Wow. See, Prince. Of the twins. Uh, Prince William. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> Man. You could, those are the crown jewels but right there. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? Uh, $10 million. Eleven. Are you kidding? No. Just for their little baby pictures. They had twins. So there were two of them. What's the deal with Hollywood and twins? I don't know. Wow. But it just amazes me. I mean, and and so and so somebody who does it right. Yeah. Even though you're in, I mean, I mean, you, the most widely known birth announcement in the world was. Well, you'd think Prince William, but then I'm thinking, well, really, the Kardashians. Well, no, please. <laughs> oh, the most. I'm sure widely, they. I'm sure yeah. they sold their Prince, baby pictures too. Prince William, but Prince and, George. Or, Prince, yeah. Prince George was the baby. Yeah, he was the but baby. But Prince William yeah. and Kate's and Kate. son. Cute baby. Mm-hmm. They didn't but get paid, did they? Not that I know of, unless the queen paid them. But there was something else that happened. And, and yeah. here, just give a listen to this. There's the town crier. Yeah. They didn't even stop traffic. But you know what was really funny? What? <laughs> that town crier wasn't from London, nor was he hired by them to do that. Are you serious? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I found that out in doing the research for this. He just snuck this. in there. He did, basically. He was he, a, he got, he, an he, impromptu town crier. He did that on his own. Did he really? Yeah. How proactive. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. He's like, what am I going to do this morning? I'm going to go announce the baby. But that's, I mean, but that's also, I mean, I can see cause for that. Yeah. That person that's just been born could be the future king that's of right. England. This was the queen's first grandchild. This Actually, that was deal. her great-grandchild. Her first great-grandchild. That's a huge deal. Yeah. So they couldn't even hire a town crier. Well, I mean, they, I don't think they were trying to. They, yeah. they had put, no, they had already put it out on Twitter and well, sure. stuff like that. And yeah, why hire? There was a an announcement. Yeah, exactly. But this guy wanted he wanted some notoriety, so he got out there. I feel ripped. I didn't get any <laughs> money for announcing our children. I just had to pay a hospital bill. Uh, uh, so did I. Man, mm-hmm. rip off! I actually got a doctor to take his fee off of one of them, though. 
Really? Yeah, because well, he wasn't in the room when the child was born. Oh, don't give the secret away. We could <laughs> no. That's the secret. Oh, okay. Tell the doctor to leave the room when the child's that's born, <laughs> and then somebody hold him down. But then a lot of people, Sean, want the doctor there. Yeah, I know. My wife did. <laughs> I said, Isn't "We're going to save money, dear." No, honey, don't even worry no. about. It. We're no. so saving. It money. was just so quick. It just happened, and and he just happened Boom. to not be there. So, so you didn't have to pay. Nope. That's the deli- well, the delivery fee. The rest of it that he did, yes. Yeah, we the hospital did. fee, all <laughs> no, the other drugs. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. That, I mean, but, again, I think, you know, this is for mothers. I mean, if that was, you know, mothers would want the doctor there. Uh, most of them do, yeah. 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 Selfish. Not all, but some. No, I think it's beautiful. That's why we're celebrating moms still. Yes. If, as if yesterday. Wasn't enough. And then our last show last week, if it wasn't enough. Today, we're still talking the power of moms. Not, and, and honestly, today, I think we're also going to learn some pretty powerful um, ideas, suggestions of, uh, of what makes motherhood so special. Today on the Matt Townsend Show. Coming up next, we're taking a break. We'll be back with Tiffany Sobey, Catherine Arviseth, and their book, Motherhood Realized, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, excellent topic today as we follow up on Mother's Day. Uh, we, you know, it really is an interesting thing how much our wives do. I made dinner, no big deal. Sean made breakfast, no big deal. Well, Sean and the girls made breakfast. Yes. Yeah, for some reason, I just ended But up- I can tell you right now, my, my future son-in-laws are going to hate me. Yeah. Oh yeah, because all of my daughters are going to be expecting yeah. breakfast in bed. You've when created married, a, you've created this incredible wall that now that everyone's going to have to climb. I with my it's interesting though. My wife, um, I was down again talking to my son who I who is on an LDS mission, and my wife had 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 enough I think emotionally, and went up and I all the dishes were done. She did the dishes on Mother's Day. Oh, <sighs> not good. Not good. Mm-mm. Actually, it was good for me, but it was not good for her because I wanted to be able to do that. And anyway, that was nervous energy. That was. She was just. She was. She was just working out some of her heartache. Today on the show, we have the authors of the book Motherhood Realized. It's it's kind of a compilation book. They're also bloggers, and uh, each of them have their own blogs. Uh, but they're also you know a part of the um, Power of Moms blog as well. Catherine Arviseth is joining us. She's a full time mother to five children, including two sets of twins. Holy cow! Two sets of twins. She writes for Power of Moms. Uh, Segula, I think we'll find out how you say it. And Meridian Magazine is privileged to be on the Power of Moms board. She blogs at her website, wildandprecious.com. Also, Tiffany Sobe is joining us. And Tiffany Sobe's passionate dream of ch- from childhood was to grow up and be a mother. She, and it's finally come true. She is now the mother of five children, ranging in age from 5 to 15. And though the realities of motherhood are far from dreamy, Tiffany does her best to keep her passion for motherhood alive by appreciating, recognizing, and finding joy in the little things of life. Uh, Tiffany loves rainy days, spontaneous thank yous, shoes, and a good game of Scrabble and laundry. 
Whoa, we got to figure that out. Two of Tiffany's greatest passions, writing and motherhood, come together at um, at her blog. I guess our most uh, our most of the time happy family. Our most of the time happy family. We'll talk to Tiffany Sobey about that. Catherine and Tiffany, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, you. are you kidding me? Between the two of you, ten kids, huh? I guess so. Holy cow! I have six. And uh, I, you know what? It's interesting. I love your um, contagious excitement about mothering, but then you're both kind of quick to point out it's still, it's not perfect. Oh, no. No. <laughs> How did Mother's Day go for you? Was, this is Catherine. It was good. It was um, still pretty low-key, mostly visiting the mothers the mothers and mothers-in-law. Was, were you? Okay. Did, yeah. did you feel like... Did you feel like your that motherhood was celebrated? Yes, yes. Is that I true with you, something. Tiffany? You know what? Mother's Day was kind of a hard day at our house yesterday. Why was it? What happened? What went down? Let's hear our the dirt. children just had a lot of energy. Did they? And I had actually have been out of town for several days and so without my children. And so it was kind of smack in the face of reality. And, of course, I love motherhood and I love my children, but... There was just a lot of energy in our house yesterday. Mm. How, honestly, I wanted to hide under the covers for did you? a few more hours. <laughs> oh, you know, and, it, and it, that's the thing about, I guess, being a mom is, um, you know, it never ends, does it? It doesn't. But someday there's always tomorrow, and that's the wonderful thing about motherhood. There is. Isn't there? And then tomorrow's <laughs> another Monday, which means we got to get them on the bus and get them off to school. And Do either sure. of you have kids at home, children that are home all day? I do still. My twin boys are at home. Do you? Okay. Uh huh. Your twin twins? My twin twins. Yeah, two of the four. Uh-huh. Man, how did and you manage? Five year old that's still at home with me. Uh, okay. He'll start kindergarten in the fall. Um, is that? It seems like one of the things that uh, is synonymous with moms. It seems like it's there's just never not just like never an end to. I'm not talking about the difficulty of being a mom, but moms have really hard or high expectations about themselves. Have you noticed that? Oh, totally. Talk about that, because it almost seems like, in a weird way, guys don't seem to have that high of expectation, maybe. (laughs) And maybe that's just bad on us. But it seems like moms, you can never be good enough, because there's always the next better image or the next better idea of what a mom should be. That's true. Um, Tiffany, is it okay if I talk about it for a second? Yeah, go ahead. one thing I've really liked about the book, the Motherhood Realized book, is is it's a kind of an attempt to bring that down a little bit into check, that it doesn't establish this unrealistic ideal of what a good mom should right. be, but helps us kind of embrace the imperfection, that it's totally okay to not be good at certain things and to hone your own strengths and use those in your mothering. And we've seen that, you know, there's just this phenomenon going on where Good women get on all the social media, Pinterest blogs, Instagram, Facebook, and there's just uh, they're bombarded with images of what is what we think or what is being perpetuated as a good mom. Yeah. And a lot of those things that make you a good mom, especially to your kids, they're not pinnable, they're not postable. And so we're just trying to bring that into check and kind of it's kind of been a movement um, towards being okay with <laughs> with things not running perfectly and is the messy house and all that. But. Well, and you, I love it too because you're doing it via blogs and, you know, the power of mom's website and via your own blogs. You're, you're actually approaching it through the channels that, that they might be bombarded by. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind Absolutely. of true. Absolutely. But I think that's the point of Power of Moms is that we can stand out and be different yeah. than the others mm-hmm. and that people can come to the Power of Moms website and feel refreshed. They're not going to see any beautifully decorated homes and perfect birthday party planning and the things that other sites may offer. Whereas yeah. the Power of Moms, it is the imperfections that kind of unite everyone together. The harder times, the good times all mixed together that make us realize what motherhood really is about. It seems um, like it's, it is where we actually are most united is in our imperfection. And yet there is that image that, uh, I mean, my wife and I were even talking about it. She says, oh, we could, uh, we have couches that need to be cleaned. And she says, hey, I heard we can get a really good deal on our couches being cleaned. And she's like, what do you think of that? And I'm like, really? Like, Why? Because we know in about a week, we're, I, just, I, I literally just said, you know what, let's just not clean them. Let's just get rid of them in a little while. And so let's just ride the dirt a little bit longer. Then we'll buy more. But then I sit there and I think, oh, I know. But then she sees those really cool magazines where the couches are so white and pristine. And there's just this beautiful child just perfectly sitting, <laughs> eating a strawberry. And I'm thinking, What? <laughs> That strawberry would be either up my son's nose or squished into the carpet. <laughs> yes, and, as it would be at my house. Too. Would it yours too? And mine too. Yeah. So, yeah. so and that's the reality. I think it would be at most people's homes, but right. yet there's that persona that's being portrayed that we think, or especially I think earlier in the mothering years, that you think that you have to attain that kind of perfection that it doesn't really exist. And yeah. I think it takes a few years down the road to realize. We could just give up those. Not give. We're not giving up, but sure. realizing we're not quite going. It's not going to be that perfect. Yeah. Well, you know what? The, I think the equivalent for like a boy or me. My sons all think they're going to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even when they play on the little Nerf hoop in our front walkway of our living room, they still think there's a pretty good chance they're going to play in the NBA, even though their father's only five foot eleven. <laughs> Analogy, you know what I mean? And they've got this. And and honestly, if they had Pinterest, they'd be pinning pictures of themselves doing these incredible Mm -hmm. dunks. And but in reality, eh, they're probably going to be accountants. Yes. You know what I mean? And and I guess that's for all of us. huh? We have to just at least I love you said, find the real realistic ideal and be, be, you know, be realists about it. But still have the ideal that the, the real ideal is being a mom that's just a mom and with a little mess and. You're sure your shoes stick when you walk across the floor, but you love your kids, and you, you get to be the mom you want to be. Absolutely, and I started out motherhood thinking I was going to be that mom, that we were going to have the perfectly themed birthday parties. We were going to have nature walks around the block. We were going to have sugar co- decorated sugar cookies at every holiday, and then I realized a few years into it that those things weren't happening. <laughs> But I haven't had to completely forgo those things. There's still the times, and maybe we're having these picnics on the family room floor, but they're not perfectly themed. Right. They're just McDonald's or Wendy's Happy Meals, you know, that we're sitting out, and the kids think it's the greatest picnic ever. Oh, I love it. And I think it's just, you know, reducing our expectations, because our children actually don't have those expectations. Yeah. And our husbands really don't either. No. We're our own worst enemies, as far as setting Mm -hmm. those so high. It's so interesting. And then all of a sudden you can, you don't have to feel like you're even lowering your expectations. It almost seems like you're more just being real. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Tiffany coined a great phrase for it, actually. She wrote a piece called Fabulously Ordinary. (laughs) And it's just really caught on, this idea of 
just being fabulously ordinary and kind of embracing the or the ordinary things oh, in our lives. That. And um, who, who who can't try better to be fabulously ordinary? Yeah, exactly. isn't that great? That's worth striving for. Oh yeah. man, I th- I feel much better because <laughs> yes. I'm not even fabulously ordinary. I'm just uh, kind of almost fabulously <laughs> ordinary. <laughs> Well, it came from seeing, you know, it's kind of in a period of my life and through news stories or looking at social media or different things, there's a lot of people out there doing fabulous things. Oh, yeah. And thinking, I'm falling short. You're uh-huh. never going to be that person or that person <laughs> or that person. And then looking within at what I am doing as a mom and thinking, I'm doing some pretty ordinary things, but they're pretty fabulous. Oh, Whether I love it. Putting a Band-Aid yeah. on your child's knee versus um, curing a you know, a horrible disease, mm-hmm. or, you know, you may not be helping w- control world peace, but how many arguments have you thwarted in your that's home? That's exactly right. How many and civil wars have we stopped? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. really, when you look at that, is it fabulous, if it, is it fabulous or is it ordinary? Yeah. And you can't really say one no. or the other. Well, and, and it's great either way. We're talking with Catherine Arviseth Tif- and Tiffany Sobey from uh, that are bloggers and members of the board of Power of Moms, a gathering place for deliberate mothers. We're going to come back, talk more with them about being fabulously ordinary, which is, oh, what a cool goal. I strive to just be fabulously ordinary. We all should. Um, Also, remember, send us your mom quotes. Tweet them to us. Our handle is at BYU Radio. If your mom has said something memorable, tweet it to us. What are your favorite thoughts, memories, quotes from your mom? Let us know. At BYU Radio, we'll be talking about them at the end of the show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. Back right back with a more fabulously ordinary stories about mothers. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Pleased to have some uh, incredible uh, guests with us today, tutors. They're teaching us about the power of moms. They're from, uh, they, they basically are their own bloggers. They have their own blogs you can go check out. But also, if you go to powerofmoms.com, they are bloggers there as well. And uh, their names are Catherine Arviseth. Uh, Catherine's a full-time mother of five children, including two sets of twins. She writes for Power of Moms, uh, as well as Meridian Magazine, and is privileged to be on the Power of Moms board. She also blogs at wildandprecious.com. Tiffany Sobey's also a a mother of five children and uh, loves writing as well and motherhood, and they all come together at... um, Now, Tiffany, is is the name of your blog Our Most of the Time Happy Family? It's our most of the time happy family. Beautiful. Yeah. And you've already taught us something, I think, super powerful when it comes to uh, life in general, but moms maybe especially, maybe just striving for fabulously ordinary, it's not a bad thing. That might be a fairly doable thing for all of us. Absolutely. I remember when my wife could use like one wipey on one dirty diaper baby. Her life, like, it seemed like she had reached the apex. I would yeah, use no, 12, and she's like, no, if you just fold it properly, you could <laughs> you can get so much more out of that wipey. And I looked at her honestly like, 
is this what we've is this what we've resorted to? <laughs> like your Driving joy. The wipes are expensive. <laughs> they are. I, they really are. But um, man, honestly, she'd be so happy. Now, you guys put together and um, talk about a little bit just the motherhood realized book. Um, sure, I can talk about that. So this is the second book that Power of Moms has put together. Both have been collaborative efforts. What was the first book? Um, the, the first one was called Deliberate Motherhood. Okay. And it was more. It was a little bit more of a how-to book. Each chapter focused on a power, like the power of peace, the power of order, the power of joy, things that you could tap into as a mother. That book kind of, was kind of for women, I mean for all mothers, but women who are really ready for ways to kind of um, improve the person they can become sure. through motherhood. Yeah. And then this, and then this book, we just took from the content of our website. We took the best articles, the ones that got the most, um, the biggest responses, the most hits, and then we put them into into a collection of essays, basically. Powerful. It's very encouraging. This one's really for those moms that are kind of hanging on by their fingernails and. Need, need some encouragement. Because and you can laugh and you can cry as you read it. And each essay totally. is very short and readable in a very short section of time. So you don't have to sit, a mother doesn't have to sit there and find a good chunk of time to read. She can just read an essay in probably two minutes and feel encouraged to move on. <laughs> and then go back to the battle. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it, they, you know, you're trying to give hope, really. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's what we and, need. And validation, too, in that your job or your profession, really, as a mom is so worthwhile. That's a message we want to share. And that you don't have to neglect yourself in hmm. the process of it. There are still things. April Perry, who was one of the co-founders of Power of Moms, she has a chap- chapter in there called Mommy is a Person. And it's about things that, like a mommy's bill of rights, oh, great. a mom gets to do. You, yeah. know? you might be mom, but she gets to go to the bathroom alone. <laughs> she gets to eat breakfast sitting down, and she gets to have a shower. Like, those are things. You kind of have to have a bill of rights for it. No, for sure. But, yeah, it's like you're prisoners um, of war. Yeah. <laughs> it's a war. You, you sure you do. War. It is a war. And sure, you get to yeah. go to the bathroom by yourself, but it also doesn't mean they can't stick their fingers underneath the door. Absolutely. I know. I know. They do come. <laughs> and we should say, too, that the book has sold really well. I don't know if you've seen the stats on I that haven't. Map, but, it, so talk book, about that. Is it, is it, they, can they get the book anywhere? Do they need to go to the Power of Moms? Where do they... No, you can get it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. It's at select Costco's right now. Both Tiffany and I did a signing over the weekend at a different Costco. Um, it's at some Whole Foods, and I heard it was actually picked up by Deseret Book, maybe just online, though. Was it? Um, mm-hmm. But at the first week it launched, we made it to number one on Amazon in mothering books, number one in parenting books on Amazon, and we actually we were just hoping to break into the top 100, but we ended up number 20. 27 overall on Amazon. And last week it was ranked number fifth on Nielsen's book scam list under how to books. That's like right up there with what to expect your first year. Wow. And which is, yeah, that was my favorite baby book. What to expect (laughs) book. I mean, I read them Uh all. Uh, Actually, well, my wife read them to me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And that, that really, I, I really enjoyed the first year. It's what to expect when they're 30. That's the one. That's where I'm losing interest. Yeah. I'm not sure someone says, have we written on that one? You guys need to write yeah. on that one. Yeah, yeah. Talk about, and, and maybe um, either of you that has kind of a, a strong gut feeling about this, is uh, it seems like we're diminishing 
the role of mother a little bit in our culture and um is that are you sent do you sense that is that part of your goal is to make sure that it can still be a viable goal for people Absolutely I think that motherhood I think it's respected especially the sentiments that of the last week you know as you yeah. see so much on social media and with mother's day coming but I still think there's a lot of negativity when sometimes young girls want to when they're asked what they want to be and they want they say they want to be a mom i think sometimes we we look at that as that as though it's not worthy in pursuing in and of itself and even though for me and i have daughters and i want them to pursue an education and i want them to pursue careers if that they choose but i also if they want to be a mom and solely focus on being a mom i want that to be accepted and embraced and allowed for them yeah and I, I think that that's um, one of those things that sometimes you hear when you go to business meetings or you know I've traveled to some business meetings with my husband and different things and sometimes they'll say what do you do and there's a tendency among some mothers to say oh I'm just a mom yeah exactly and I don't like that just in front of it yeah right we're a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a mother. And it doesn't need to be, oh, I'm just a mom. Right. So it's a second place to being a businesswoman or an accountant or a CEO or something else. The just, it's, it's interesting what one word does, but it also, I guess, it exemplifies maybe what we're feeling in our hearts, that what we're doing, even though we know, every mother, I'm assuming, knows how important the role is, and yet we don't seem to praise it publicly other than the last week? Yeah, I think for me personally, the one thing that Power of Moms did for me was gave me a community of like-minded women who who felt as passionately as I did about motherhood. And, you know, a lot of them have left professions and chose, made the choice to be to be home full-time with their kids. And others are still, still working, you yeah. know, in, in their own ways. And we try to embrace all of that. I use that word too much, embrace. But we try to <laughs> include yeah. all of those all of those mothers, but it was just nice to find a place where there are women who really see the value in motherhood in a world that I think you're right is, you know, kind of turning away from family and and its importance. And, and you mentioned the uh, the fact that, you know, maybe we're raising, I don't know, Pinterest is raising the perceived bar of what a mother needs to be. I mean, it used to be you just, you know, you kept your your child alive and you taught him to yeah. read. <laughs> And you, uh, you know, you built some self-esteem, you cleaned their, uh, their runny nose, and you, but you were, you were there for the child. Now it almost seems like you're almost there to create a really great visual. And so maybe the yeah. visuals are becoming more important than the realities. Talk, talk about what you're learning just about, about you as a mom, five kids in. Um, what are you learning about you and and uh, maybe more of the need to be make it less about a visual and more about what? I think for me, it becomes more of I have come to the conclusion that I'm the best mom for my children. And my children are, they will love me no matter what. They'll love me whether they have the perfect Pinterest birthday party or whether they have, you know, homemade cake and a few friends playing a game on the floor. Yeah. And I and I think that that has taken some years to get to that I don't have to do that there's a, a satisfaction that we have to kind of turn inwards sometimes and quit looking outside and quit looking at everyone else and and just find that satisfaction that my kids if at the end of the day my children love me and know I love them 
that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters as far as whether we did the made the right birthday party cupcakes or whether we, you know, had the best traditions on Christmas morning or the right breakfast on Easter or all these things that people, like you say, you know, setting this backdrop, this scene that that's really not what matters. <laughs> right. And I think if we go back to the kind of the old fashioned things when children just got an orange on Christmas and they were happy if they had a jump rope to play with. Yeah. That's really that's powerful. Know, the memories that oh, we're yeah. creating with our children. Yeah. Tiff, was that was that Catherine that said that? That was Tiffany. Oh, Sorry, Tiffany. That, Catherine, that what do you think? You know, I have found that I'm really most content as a mother and happy when I'm trying to be present with my kids and, you know, really see the moment for what it is. And that's not, you can't do that all the time. Right. It's a hustle a lot of the time, especially if you have a busy family. But if I'm, if I'm, just, I'm, if I'm bare heart and soul, you know, into what I'm doing, like when I'm posting something on Instagram, and I am on Instagram, but that's taking me away a little bit. Yeah. It's distracting, you know, but if I just forget those kind of things, and I'm my phone and whatever, and I'm totally present. Like um, the other day, I was out pitching to my four-year-old boys, and I'm, I'm not a great pitch, and well. they're not great hitters either. But but they said to, one of them said to me after I was kind of lobbing the ball too far to the left, um, little Gordon. He says to me, "Mom, you know what? Even though you don't do anything awesome, you're still awesome." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is great. Oh, it makes you just want to bean him with that ball. Much. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Isn't that cute, though? That's the moment. But even if I did nothing awesome at all, to him, I was still awesome. Oh, that is it. That's cool. That's the power of moms again. Yeah. Plus, when he's a pro baseball player, you know. (laughs) They they always recognize mom on the sideline. They're not like, hey, dad. I know. It's always you moms. It's because you threw the pitch to them when they were young. We're talking right now um, with, again, Catherine Arviseth and Tiffany Sobey on the phones with us, uh, part of the coalition that put together Motherhood Realized. You can find them at Power of Moms, a great gathering place for deliberate mothers. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Catherine and Tiffany about their articles, their contributions to the book, uh, Motherhood Realized. They're going to keep teaching us about deliberate motherhood and embracing imperfection. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about Motherhood Realized, a book uh, compiled by the moms of Power of Moms. So if you go to powerofmoms.com, you can can see an incredible website with million, I guess, uh, mothers united trying to uh, empower each other and understand what's going on with some very basic goals. One basic goal is just making sure that you understand as a mom, you need to just be fabulously ordinary which not perfect, right? You don't have to you can just embrace being imperfect and go for fabulously ordinary. Catherine Arviseth is joining us. Tiffany Sobe is also with us and uh again if you want to go look at their websites, uh Catherine, mother of 5, is is a writer for Power of Moms and Meridian Magazine. She blogs at Wild and Precious, Wild N with the letter N precious.com and Tiffany Sobe, a mother of 5 as well. Um, also is a blogger and, and writer at Our Most of the Time Happy Family. 
our most of the time happy family. But in the book, uh, Motherhood Realized, they both had um, articles, and I, I just wanted to kind of give you each a chance to teach us what was what you taught in your article. Catherine, your article was uh, was titled "Watching You." Is that right? Yeah, I had that one and a couple other essays in there. Okay. Talk about maybe the the Watching You essay. Sure. That's the opening chapter to the book. And I wrote that about four years ago when I kind of had come on to Power of Moms as a writer. And I I just thought for um, a few weeks I would just observe moms around me. So I did. I just had eyes to um, kind of look around and see what moms were doing and how they were meeting the needs of their children. And it was really um, touching to me what I saw. I realized that all these moms who at times I know struggle with different challenges and feel like they're not enough, I watched them, though, and the message that, was, that came to me was they are the right ones for their children. No one can fill their shoes. No one can give their children what they are giving their children. And that's the privilege of being a mother. You know, what is that is such a beautiful concept because no one else can give what they're giving. Other people can yeah. step in and do other things, but there's something that that I guess you're saying in the um, in your article that the mom needs to realize is that you're bringing to them what they need. Yeah, I mean, I watched I watched one mother of her autistic son. You know, he was he was having a little bit of trouble. He was in tears, and he just he needed another band aid. And she's on my driveway, and she I said, well, let me get him a band aid. And she says, are you sure? I'm sorry, this is the fifth one today, you know. <laughs> But it's it was what he needed, and I watched another mom just tickle her her boy, just tickle him until he just rolled off her lap, exhausted and 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 laughing. And she said, I could tell he needed to laugh. I just watched one um, circumstance after another. These women knew their children. That there's an intuition that comes with yeah. being a mom. Yeah, it's 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 divine. That's right. And when mothers feel like they aren't who they are supposed to be, and even my own mom said this to me just last week. Maybe she's got her last daughter getting married, and she said, and they had had a hard discussion about the wedding, and she said, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not the right mom, and you know, I just said, you are though, yeah. you really are. Isn't that powerful? So we doubt, we doubt ourselves. We well, you doubt do ourselves a lot, mm-hmm. and, and that's why. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh no, I just think that's why it's a powerful thing to say at the beginning of the book that, you know, no guilt, move the doubt aside, and embrace that that place that you that privilege you've been given as a mother and then move forward yeah and accept accept that you are that be i mean accept that you are the one you are the one they need mhm that's powerful you always will be yeah and tiffany your uh your article was a called i want to be fabulously ordinary which yes. again has now become my new theme <laughs> and then I also had the baseboard dilemma in there, also Ooh. another one. Okay, so teach us about those. What did you, what did you express in those essays? Um, well, the fabulously ordinary we've kind of touched on, you know, being um, ordinary in such fabulous ways. But the baseboard dilemma, we haven't really touched on that theory, and it's one of my favorites. Is It's just that it was a morning, the essay came from a morning after I had my to-do list, and the most important thing on it that day was to clean my baseboard. Get the baseboards clean. That's what I wanted done. Yeah. And I had two little boys at home with me at the time, and they had a different idea. They were building a fort with blankets and chairs, and, <laughs> yeah. and they were keeping themselves busy. And, but after a while, they invited me in to read a book with them. They wanted me to read to them. They allowed you in the fort. 
And, but all I could think of was, no, Base no, points. I have to clean my basement. Right, right. But I kind of listened to those little voices, and I climbed in the fort, and, of course, one book turned into, read another one, Mommy, yeah. read another one. And I think five or six, letter, five or six books later, my baseboards never got done, and I found myself kind of a little irritated, you know, just mm-hmm. that I hadn't got it done. And, and it was a couple of days later I was actually telling a friend about how my baseboards didn't get done, and my little boy at the time walked in in just his little underwear, and I can't remember, he was two or three at the time, and I suddenly had this realization that one day when that child walks across the stage at his high school graduation, I won't care if I ever got my baseboards cleaned, but so I will scary. care if I read a book in a fort with you him. You bet. And so it was just kind of a, the premise of the article is just taking those times for the things that matter most, that it's, you know, it's easier said than done. Some well, items sure. on our to-do list can't wait, but too often we answer the to-do list before the little voices that are calling and the voices that really matter. Yeah, it's almost like we have this other voice that's, well, cleanliness is next to godliness, and you're, mm-hmm. but, you're, but also so is playing fort. Yes. Right? And the ability to put down the list or the expectation or the assumption or just the fear that what if a friend comes in and sees my baseboards? Mm-hmm. It's, when really we should think, how great if a friend came in and saw me playing in a fort. That's right. And I have a mantra I repeat almost at least daily, enjoy the little things in life for one day you'll look back and realize they were the big things. Yeah. Oh, and whether great. it's the tickling, like Catherine was talking about, you know, a mom tickling her little boy until he laughed or her playing um, baseball out in the front yard or teaching a kid to swing on the swings or just holding them on their lap reading. Those are the things that are going to matter one day, those little things. Well, yesterday there had to have been a bunch of children, millions, who have lost their mother. Mm-hmm. And they're celebrating a Mother's Day without a mother. And I'm sure a lot of them, if not all of them, uh, are sitting there thinking, you know, I wish we could have just had one more fort moment yeah. or one more moment to be tickled. And I mean, that, to me, again, you're, I think you're so wonderfully handling and doing a great mission of giving moms the permission to have their own space and and not feel so much pressure to be something that's really not the goal. The goal is just to be the mom you're called to be. Absolutely. It's beautiful. We have a couple minutes. Here's how I'd love to wrap up. I'd love to give each of you a chance. If you could just tell us of all of everything you're learning, um, of everything you know about Power of Moms or the book Motherhood Realized. Again, everyone should go look for the book Motherhood Realized. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere now. And um, a gr- just a great opportunity to, uh, to learn. It, it, again, maybe it's also a great time to, if you're a dad out there, a husband, a father, Mother's Day isn't just, you know, one day a year. If you think your your wife might really need some inspiration, this would be a great gift to get. Um, what would you say, ladies? What would you say—actually, let's just start with you, Catherine. What's the one thing that is the, the biggest thing um, that Power of Moms tries to teach, uh, other than what you've taught us? What's the one thing that we say makes the biggest difference? Being a mom, what, what's the one thing you tell a new mom? What's the one thing that even dads need to understand? One thing, um, we've kind of talked about not neglecting the person um, and taking care of yourself because we haven't really hit on this, but I do think that if moms um, can take care of themselves, they'll be able to give more to their children. And there are seasons when that is more doable yeah. and when it's when, when you just you really just have to abandon your 
your personal space, your personal pursuits and stuff. But I do think that it's good to have something that brings you joy, that you do some alone time occasionally when you can. Um, that's just kind of a survival tactic I'm offering no, I think that's right brilliant. now. But, but, um, but to maintain sanity. Yeah. But I think really to just be, to totally accept whatever stage it is that you're in as a mother and love it and look for the joy in it. And, you know, all that we have as mothers is just a series of moments, you know, that we will remember and that our children will remember. And and they're they're just snippets of time, and we want to enjoy them and make the best of them. And one in one essay that I write at the end of the book is about realizing life. It's, I just encourage moms to jot things down and write them down, um, the things that they're loving about their child in a given yeah. moment or a given stage. You know, because it just seems to imprint it, and you go back to it and read it again, and it's like you're there again. Yep, and, and yeah, you I, got the whole I memory want back. To remember that. Yeah, That's and beautiful. I do want to remember this because it really is has been the happiest, yeah. greatest blessing of my life, my five children. So I think we're trying to give moms, you know, the ability to survive and survive well, but also to see the joy and the privilege yeah. of being a mother and the beauty and the sacredness of of parenting. Tif- Tiffany, what would you say quickly? I would say that, you know, as Power of Moms, one of the missions is to help mothers realize that they don't just need to survive motherhood, but they can really thrive yeah. in it. And that motherhood as a whole is beautiful. And the sticky floors aren't, and the muddy shoes aren't, and the piles of laundry aren't. But as a whole, motherhood is. It's a beautiful, sacred, you know, privilege that we have. And we need to focus on that and not get so hung up on those things that ultimately don't matter and won't matter. Such good advice. Sacred privilege, by the way. We heard both of you basically mention the same thing. A sacred privilege. So appreciate you, uh, Tiffany Sobe. Honestly, appreciate you and Catherine Arviseth. Thank you for your good work. Again, everybody, go check out the book Motherhood Realized. It's a you know Amazon.com at a store near you, or go to the go to the website PowerOfMoms.com. You can get more information there. Thank you, ladies. Continue your incredible mothering, and continue being fabulously ordinary. What a great, seriously great relief to know that we can just be what we're supposed to be. We can be as good as we can be. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, Maddie Richards is going to uh, present a little information to us about childlessness. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today, I will be your guide to motherhood. That sounds so strange. Today, we're talking mothers and motherhood. We just had some wonderful guests, the authors of the book, uh, some of the authors from the book, Motherhood Realized and the Power of Moms. But you know, um, not everybody is going to have a child. And so one of our great friends, Maddie Richards, is, uh, has, has done a, a, a research, I'm not a research, an interview for us. Um, and here's the deal. 
think of that. Think of being a 45, a 50-year-old woman who always wanted to have a child but never had a child, and then what, right? And the, the struggles she might go through. So Maddie has been doing a series for the morning show here on BYU Radio based on childlessness in America. She quoted some research from Pew Research where they did a study on how in America there's an increase in the number of women who hit about 45 years of age and have never had children. So Maddie went out and interviewed one of our past guests, Melanie Notkin, an author and founder of the, of the website SavvyAnti.com. A SavvyAnti.com, and here's what she had to say. We're here with Melanie Notkin, who's a best-selling author and founder of Savvy Auntie. We're going to talk about childlessness and continue the series um, developing the Pew Research study on childlessness in America. Can you maybe tell us why a woman chooses to not have children? What are some of the decisions and factors that go into that? There are many reasons why women remain childless by choice. Some because they never felt that maternal urge to have children. Some choose to uh, be childless because at, you know, perhaps at age 40, they have found the person they want to spend the rest of their lives with, but feel that at age 40, they've passed the time when they um, would want to become mothers. They didn't want to start at that later age. Some marry men who don't want children, and they've chosen love over, or don't want more children, and they've chosen love over motherhood. And some um, have other uh, reasons for not wanting to have children. Perhaps they feel that the world is already overpopulated, or they feel that they themselves are not financially prepared to be a mother. It doesn't mean that inherently they, they wouldn't love to be a mother have they felt that they were financially prepared for it. There are a number of different factors that go into those who choose to remain child-free by choice. You mentioned infertility. What can you tell us about women who can't have children and choose not to find another method to be a mother? Well, you know, for many women, in fact, most American women who are mothers are mothers through a biological process of, of conception and labor birth. Um, and some choose to adopt and some um, choose to uh, become mothers in other ways, whether through foster care, um, et cetera. But many women, most women, would like to have a biological child. And if they're not able to have that biological child, then they may not choose to become a mother in another way. Becoming a mother through adoption and through other means is not necessarily such an easy process. People use the term just. Well, you know, in fact, it, could, it costs tens of thousands of dollars to adopt a child, and there are disappointments. You can invest a lot of money legally um, to adopt a child and then actually have that child for a short period of time, and potentially the biological father of that child wants the child back. And so you've lost the child and all that you've invested. And so there, there are a lot of things to think about before adoption. Now, of course, many women do choose to adopt, but it's okay for those who choose to remain with their love and not have children. It doesn't mean that they didn't want to be mothers. What are maybe some pros and cons of being childless in America in the current situation 
Well, you know, there there are lots of pros and cons to being childless. So, for instance, we know that it costs nearly a quarter million dollars through age 18 to raise each child, and that doesn't include college. So it's right up until college, assuming a child goes to college. So that's a huge financial investment, right? So if you don't have children of your own and you haven't invested in in the fertility process and treatments to try to conceive a child because those can add up pretty quickly as well, um, then there are sort of, uh, there's no question that there are financial benefits to not having children. There's also less stress um, as a parent. However, there is also a, an existential desire and deep yearning for many women and men to become parents, regardless of the financial investment in becoming parents, um, regardless of being up half the night with a newborn baby or half up the night with a teenager who hasn't come home um, at curfew. So we know that despite all the challenges that come with parenthood, people become parents notwithstanding those things. And so while there are many benefits, for instance, it's lovely to wake up on a Sunday morning with the sun and not with a screaming child in the, in the bedroom next door <laughs> for many people. However, many people would give up that Sunday sunrise um, wake-up call for the, for the joy of parenthood. Now, Melanie, can you tell us a little bit about Savvy Auntie? Absolutely. So Savvy Auntie came through my own organic experience of being at the time in my mid to late 30s, not yet having children. I still don't have children, unfortunately. But but needing and wanting and having this extraordinary desire to to use my, my maternal muscle, um, not only financially buying gifts for the, my nieces and nephews and the other children in my life, but also um, in ways that nurture them and develop them. I thought, here I am, you know, this, this woman who was at the time pretty savvy, literally flying back and forth to Paris, France, working for an international beauty company. And I, I, I'm pretty cosmopolitan New York City woman, but for the children in my life, I, I did feel very savvy beyond my own maternal instincts, which weren't terrible. Um, but parents have guidebooks and blogs and websites and each other. They have community to learn from each other and develop. And we, the ants, had zero. And, and, you know, like I said, so many women are having children later in life, if at all, not necessarily by choice. And we have these women as we get older before we have children. We have the discretionary income and often time to spend on the children we love. And so we needed the resources. And with that came Savvy Auntie, which is uh, SavvyAuntie.com is the, is the first online community for cool aunts, great aunts, godmothers, and all women who love kids. And in 2011, I, I, I published uh, Savvy Auntie, the ultimate guide for these aunts so that we could have a pair aunting guide ourselves. It's a well-researched book um, that helped the secondary caregiver learn how to help develop a child and help support the parents from the moment you're going to find out you're an aunt for the first time, a quote-unquote debutante, all the way through that child's first day of school. And then there's a Facebook fan page with about 90 5,000 
people there, communities so that we learn from each other and we realize that we are not alone. This is a very special time in America. And while the term childlessness feels very negative, and for many of us who have always yearned to be mothers, there are um, challenges that go on, that go around not becoming mothers at the time when we expect it to be so. And yet there is so much opportunity to wrap our arms around the children that we love, the families that we love, and for those families to wrap their arms around us and for us to go back a little bit of a remix to that to that family village where we all helped each other, where all maternal women were welcome, where every child never suffered from too much love. So that's the story of Savvy Auntie. And for those 47% of American women who are childless, and it doesn't mean that they will remain childless forever, but for those women who are childless, who have the opportunity to give so much to the children in their lives and to children, frankly, around the world, uh, it's time for us to be recognized, for a spotlight to be put on these very generous women for all that they give and all that they do. It's really a way to wake up America to look at again and to look at these women and just say, wait a minute, here are these extraordinary women. I mean, if you think about it, from Oprah Winfrey to the women who sit on the Supreme Court um, to, you know, uh, celebrities from Ellen DeGeneres and Jennifer Aniston, all these women who don't have children um, but do so much for children who are so devoted to um, charitable causes both here in America and around the world, and to their own nieces and nephews. And, and by the way, nieces and nephews can be by relation, our, our siblings' children, or they can be by choice, our close friends' children. And often enough, you know, because of the way that we uh, migrate around the country today, sometimes our best friend is, is much closer with our children um, than, than our sibling who lives a, across the country or even around the world. So the goal is to realize that we exist, that we are a formidable um, demographic. In fact, one in five American women, 23 million American women are what I've dubbed PANK, professional and no kids. These are women 18 plus who don't have children of their own for whatever reason, by choice, circumstance, they're 22 and just not there yet, or um, they have a biological issue. But these women are devoted to a child in their life and collectively baseline just one child in their life. They spend about $9 billion a year collectively. And in fact, it's not just on toys and games and cute little cashmere sweaters for babies. 34% contribute to a child's education. These women are devoted to the children um, that we are raising here in America, and it's time that we're included in the national conversation on family. Melanie, thank you so much for talking to me about this. It was absolutely fascinating to get to talk to you. Uh, it was fascinating to, to be on this program, to hear your questions, and to be able to respond to them. Thank you for giving a voice and a platform to American women um, and their, uh, the childlessness that they are um, saddled with, whether by choice or, for many of us, by circumstance or biology. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. One of my favorite people to interview is... Melanie Notkin. She she has a ton of energy, but also seriously, a child. You can't have too many parents, too many adults, too many people in their lives that love them, that care for them, and that will watch out for them. So, so for all the aunties out there, savvy or not, 
uh, thanks for stepping up. And for all people, all women, all men that are looking out for their children and uh, just the children in their lives. We so appreciate you and thank you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Heather Johnson's going to be joining us, uh, teaching us about happy mothers, some of the things that we need to make sure that we're watching out for if you're a mother out there, and even, you know, a husband, a, a father, somebody uh, that can also uh, add some insight into the wives of uh, the lives of their wives and their mothers. Um, one other thing, remember, at the end of the show, we're going to be talking about mom quotes. So send us those funny things that your mom has said sometime in her life, any kind of memorable thoughts, points, quotes, we'd love to hear them. Tweet to us. Give us a tweet at, at BYU Radio. We'd love to hear the funny things your mother has said. Or go ahead and call us as well. one eight five five chat byu We'll get you on the air to share your thoughts. Or if you want, you can just share them with our producer and we'll use them during the show. Again, mom quotes. We're looking for them at BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about motherhood and, uh, you know, some of the things, I guess you just think, hey, naturally, you're a mom, you'll know what to do, but not always. And there might be some things that are keeping some moms out there from from maybe being happier and from having maybe a better view of some of the things going on in their lives. So we've decided to bring on the pro. Heather Johnson is joining us. She's in studio with us, which is always fun. Usually, you know, a lot of our guests are nationwide, and so we never get to look at their face. But we get to see you, and then you get to teach us, all of us. We need your help, Heather. So Heather Johnson has a master's degree from Brigham Young University. Um, she's been on the adjunct faculty member here for the last 12 years. She teaches students the principles behind successful families and the importance of families spending time together. Uh, beyond the classroom, Heather's also a contributor on KSL Studio 5 and KSL News Radio. Um, she's a frequently asked to share her message of successful families. Heather's also a producer and director of the um, the radio show. Is it a radio show, like a podcast? It's actually a live show once a, a year. A live show, Listen to Your Mother mm-hmm. show in northern Utah. It is. It is. It was in 32 cities this year. Listen to Your Mother. Listen to Your Mother. It's a series of monologues yeah. about motherhood. It really gives women and men a stage once a year right around Mother's Day to talk about motherhood. You know what? And plus, just a great message. Listen to your mother. I Absolutely. Can't <laughs> I, go wrong. I think we're trying to get some of the some of the people and the articles they wrote mm-hmm. for that on the show. That's huge. That's a big deal. Also, go check out uh, Heather's uh, website, familyvolley.com. It's an online advice column that aims to share solid and trusted advice with her readers about family and parenting and marriage and motherhood. Uh, also, she has a self-published book called, entitled Family Fun Fridays. It's a compilation of the very best games, activities for families, Yes, which we all need. Hello. We you do. have five children of your own. Five at home. Yeah. In fact, we were joking that that's how you that's how you know how long ago something happened is because of how many children you've had. I measure, I think, everything by kids' ages, how many I had at the time, who's been born since. Yeah. That's how we ju- we judge things. Isn't now. that funny? Um, because some people are like, oh yeah, that happened around nine eleven. Right. <laughs> Not that children are like nine eleven. Right. 
No, but that happened when she was born or that's when right. our third, you know, fell off the swing or that's how we judge things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're kind of messed up. You know, but especially as mothers, children, they are, are everything. They, yeah. They're where our hands and our minds and our hearts are all day. So, you know, all those other things are important, but really my life now revolves around them. And so my timeline does. I judge, I judge everything by well, those five. It makes sense. Your yeah. life is you've, – you've kind of – You've been absorbed. Your children have, like, grown into you. I once saw a picture of a tree that grew around a car. A car had been abandoned and left, and the tree just pretty much grew up around it and absorbed it. It's a great a great visual yeah. analogy of that. It's absolutely how you feel yeah. as a mom. Uh, talk for a minute with us about – I mean, part of what you're you are trying to teach people too is is um, the interaction, the activities, the activities between mom and child matter. They do matter, and even play. You know, we know lots of the research about the power of play for children, but that interaction that mothers and children have, the playing, and that families have, it transforms us. Think about it. You probably learned a lot of life lessons while shooting hoops. Oh, sure. Or while camping. Yeah, there's rules. Yeah. Absolutely. Even little things like how to adapt and negotiate a tough situation when your family had spent three weeks in your minivan on a road trip <laughs> and the tire went flat. Stop touching me. It's exactly right. But that's where we learn how to adapt. That's where we learn yeah. how to you know, maneuver or negotiate a situation that doesn't go well. Well, that's the rest of our lives, or it's where we learn to be patient yep. or kind. We learn to love. That happens when families do things together. And when so, because in your degree, in your field, it's one thing to know all the theories of like human development mm-hmm. and marriage and family systems and everything, but also your field is kind of it's human development, marriage and family systems, and kind of a convergence of play and activity and interaction. So, j- just for a sec before we get into the the blog you wrote about happy moms. You're going to teach us eight things that happy moms have in common. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, talk about your book, the the activity book. Sure. The activity book actually kind of came from the blog itself. Every Friday for a number of years, I would put out a new activity families could do together because we found that mothers in particular, but families are desperate to yeah. know what to do. What do we do? It's yeah. exactly right. And we run out of ideas. Yeah. And at the end of the day or on a Saturday, it's like... I want to be with you, but I have no clue what to do right. with you right can, now. And you can only go bowling so many times. Sure. Or you can only do whatever. Right. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, bowling costs money yeah. on the first round, let alone every week. Exactly. And so most of them don't cost anything. Most of them are things, uh, resources you have right in your home right now, right in your own pantry that you actually, you know, or in your garage, you can do something fun. They're all scaled to fit families, whether you've got a small child or you've got you know, a litter of lots of different yeah. ages and they're a little bit older. But either way, it really has put hopefully in families' hands, in mothers' hands, the power to say, I can do something, we can play together, and here are, you know, 90 different ways you can do it. Well, that's a lot of fun. What a great eight. I mean, really, again, I guess you just assume we always kind of liked it when the kids would just play by themselves. Just right. go play. Right. It's go exactly right. play. Go Don't outside. make me entertain you. Right. But then some now are just throwing, go play your video games. Mm. Here, take my phone. Right. Take my iPad. And go do that. But you're saying keep the interactions alive Mm -hmm. and make sure we're involving humans. Right. Because that's where we actually learn. And plus, that's where we, you know, I learn what my kids are like when I'm with them. Yeah. Not that there aren't benefits to technology because they are. There are. But when they're doing those things, I don't learn about their personality. Right. We don't laugh together. Yeah. You know, I don't reach out and feel their insecurities. They don't get to help, you know, me see who I am. I don't get to share any of me with them. That's huge. And 
you know, we've talked so much today just about there's kind of a weird guilt, and I don't know if it's weird. It's probably a universal weirdness, guiltness. I don't know what we call it of women, moms, mm-hmm. where uh, they want to be better. Oh, they so want to be better, and everyone else is doing it better than them, and they they can't get over it. But that's one of the reasons we were so attracted to this blog that you that you wrote, Eight Things That Happy Moms Have in Common. Right. So instead of sitting here saying, okay, don't do this anymore, right. you're saying, here's eight things that really, they're going to lead you mm-hmm. to some happiness. Let's get started on the list. What, what What's number one that we should be focused on? Well, let's start with just where you kind of are, are talking about right now, and that's not comparing. Happy moms avoid comparing. They yeah. really do. You know, what's really funny about comparison is we tend to compare our weaknesses yeah. to someone else's strengths. Right. Well, that's that's not fair. I actually prefer to compare my strengths to everyone else's weaknesses. <laughs> I'm backwards. exactly the opposite of that. But that's why I'm really good at comparing. Right. And, and that's not a fair comparison. So like you're saying, as mothers, you know, as women, we sit back and we're comparing what we feel we're inadequate at and we're looking around at everyone else's strengths. Well, of course, we're coming yeah. out on the bottom. That's you right. Know? That's not going to help us. When we compare, we actually foster a lot of feelings of jealousy and envy. And anyone struggling with those feelings, we know it's hard to be happy yeah. when you're jealous and when you're envious. And so we want to not compare. We just want to recognize yeah. we're who we are, and that's okay. Yeah, that seems like one of the fortes of social media Ugh. is the silent opportunity to compare. It is. And that's one thing we have to be really careful of as mothers. Social media has really inundated us with so many wonderful things. We're all on there. Yeah. We use it. You know, it helps us in a million ways. But when you sit there and you go through, you know, all your Pinterest boards and you read your blogs for the day, we're seeing everyone's best. You know, mm-hmm. I love it when women turn that camera around and say, look at this me meal yeah. looks beautiful, but look at the rest of my house. Yeah, exactly. And you see the, you know, three days of neglect that had uh-huh. to happen for to that, get that meal. meal picture. And that's great. That's there's nothing wrong with it. But when we think that that is real life, we feel lousy. Right. We don't feel very good about well, ourselves. Well, then again, you're going to lose the comparison battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. We're talking again with Heather Johnson from um, the website Volley. What's it called? Family, Family Volley. Volley. Mm-hmm. And uh, com. But you got to go check out the website. You can ask questions. You can interact. You can start to learn. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Heather Ann Johnson is going to keep teaching us. The eight things that happy moms have in common. The first one is they avoid comparisons. We'll give you the other seven when you come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show today we're talking about motherhood and uh, today we're also getting into happy moms you know apparently happy moms do diff- something different that that the unhappy moms aren't doing seems obvious right so we brought in the pro Heather Johnson's joining us from um, the website familyvolley.com also go to the website check out her book about family activities tons of information and important information about activities you can do with your children they don't have to cost a lot at our house we just call it the ball we have one we if we have one ball because i have five boys all we need is a ball one ball tons of fun magic things happen until somebody gets hit in the face (laughs) 
Then it's not fun anymore. Then mom and dad get mad and someone gets grounded. And then it's just a fight. So that's why you're here, Heather. Help us through this. Heather has a a master's degree um, in what? In family studies. Family studies. Mm -hmm. And you're you're a guru. I've given you the title. You know, I've decided I'll take it. You're officially... A guru. But I've learned it's a lot easier to teach it than it is to do it. Don't you think? <laughs> you I know, know. I, I, I teach a class and it comes out so smooth and then I get home and make the exact You're mistake. Like, I Quit did. touching your brother. Oh, and I think <laughs> I, I, I just taught this. It's yeah. been 20 minutes. What is happening here? <laughs> so much easier mind. said than done. So teach us more about happy moms. First of the, of the eight things mm-hmm. that happy moms have in common, number one thing, they avoid comparisons. We avoid comparison. And, you know, I'm going to throw this out here really quick before we jump on. And that's, that means we avoid comparing our kids to other kids. Oh. Oh, too. Yeah. And this one we don't think about a lot. You yeah. know, we're thinking about how we compare our homes or our, our mothering stuff. Yeah. But when we start comparing our kids, we really lose sight of, of the yeah. beautiful little things they are or grown. You know, yeah. we lose sight of all those characteristics. John and Stacy's kids, they get four O's. Right. Right. And, and ours don't. Yeah. Mine doesn't even right. get an O. Yeah. <laughs> or a four. And so now we're not only comparing them, but now yeah. we're back to comparing yeah. our ability. So we got to lose that too. If, you, if you do the comparison. We game. are. Okay. What's so number two. One? Number two is that happy moms stop worrying. Oh, that's so hard. It's easier again said than done. I am I am the queen of this. Yeah, I worry about everything. I worry about things or used to more that could never matter ever. Yeah. Yeah. And if they did, I wouldn't have control anyways. Yeah. And so I've learned we really have to stop and say, can I control it? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then we have to dismiss it. See, I don't worry at all. <laughs> Your my wife, wife does. does. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've figured out, you know what? I don't need to. She's got it so covered in the worry. We're area. the exact same way. My husband, I'll say, aren't you worried about this? And you go, no, no. no. Well, you nailed come? it. Because you're worrying all about it. So he doesn't have it's to. so sad. But we've got to stop worrying yeah. about things. We've got to. And, you know, as silly as this might sound for me, it sometimes means I have to turn things off. I find myself, if I watch the news too much, if I get yeah. too involved in in the negative things that are happening, it just adds to my worry. It does, so if, doesn't it? if I can't control it, then I don't need to worry about it. And it frees our minds yeah. and our, our hands and our hearts of all that stress. Don't well, worry about it. And maybe if you are worrying, I guess you just say, great, so what can I do about it? And right. just go do that. Or we take our energy and we put it towards the things we can control. Yeah. So we've got all this extra worry that we're, we're – is waste – Mm-hmm. Pretty strong word, but we're wasting our energy worrying about things we have no control over. Instead of doing that, let's think about what we can control and put that energy yeah. towards it. And now not only do we feel better about the situation, but we're actually contributing to something we, can, right. we can change. Yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden you seem to have more control. Right, We and we do because now we're putting effort towards right. what we can You're actually on control. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Uh, what's number three? Number three, happy moms recognize their worth. That's huge. There has to come a point as mothers when we decide we're going to accept ourselves if we want to be happy. Yeah. We have to. We, we've got to stop the other things and we've got to eventually say, this is me regardless of you know where I come from, what I look like, how good or bad I'm doing. This is me and accept it. Yeah, and it's good. It's good enough. That's what our earlier guests were saying is you, you're bringing all you can bring. You, right. you are what your child needs. It's exactly right. And there's a reason we're their mom and there's a reason, you know, all this has happened. Faith aside, this is our situation and our circumstance. So we need to tap into that and we need to really recognize we have what we need to yeah. be this child's mother. We do. We That's have it. Huge. And dig into it. So we've got to really see our own worth. Now, we're not saying that we can't improve ourselves. Sure. Everyone Or can we can't grow or, right. you know, if whatever it is, that, that it can't be changed. We can. But our core 
insides. We got to accept that. We yeah. got to love that, you know? Well, and, and that you're maybe you flip it too that you could also just recognize your child's worth. They're they're great even without a 40. Absolutely. Right? They're great even without the making the team. There. And it's going to all be okay. Yeah. And there really is more important things even though that 40, I know it determines college and a career even though yeah. we life depends on it. Really, life depends on the fact that they know how loved they are yeah. and that we spent some time with them. If That's they don't get that – and, and it seems like to me if mom doesn't recognize her worth, how should this boy or daughter recognize their worth? They can't. They can't. There's a great exercise. If, if you're wondering what that worth is, sit down with a piece of paper and write everything you're good at. Society doesn't really tell us to do yeah. that, right? No. Uh-uh. And it will be hard. You'll look at that paper and you'll think, well, I'm not good at this and yeah. I'm not good at yeah. this. Don't write down everything we're good at. Maybe we're just really good at barking, you know, like a dog. Yeah. And our kids love. Oh, James, by the way, <laughs> nails the dog bark. <laughs> write down whatever it is that we're good at, big and small, and look at that list and pull it out. And when it's that day that you think, I can't do anything, I'm not good at anything, look at that again. Yeah. And we'll realize as we add to that list, man, we have potentialities that are just waiting to explode. Oh, that's so great. So that's, another, that's an that's important huge. one. Well, and then even make, you know, own it. Like, yes, I am great at that. It's Exactly I always right. I always make uh, the couples when we do classes. I always say, okay, I want you to sit down and I want you to tell your spouse what you think they're great at, and then they have to receive it. They have right. to say thank you. What and else do you it. love about me? Right, it's exactly. And it drives right. them crazy. <laughs> you know, my mom. She probably won't. Well, we'll see what she thinks about this later. But she is amazing at all things. We think that about our moms. But man, she does this monkey face <laughs> that is right on the money. Does she really? She's just. And as a kid, it was our favorite thing to say, "Mom, will you do that?" And she never hit it or you know yeah. pushed it aside and thought, "Well, it's not cool enough no. or it didn't taste good." She did that face, and we absolutely. Well, it's a gift. From we heaven. love it. We simple it's things like that. Face. Write it down. Yeah, we're good at monkey faces, and that's yeah. okay. That's well, see, right. But I learned not to do that because of my mom's great quote that if you if your face is going to stick Wait, that way, right. <laughs> you don't want your face to stick that she way. She didn't do you? hold it long enough. You know, okay. it was yeah. like a quick display. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, that's great. So happy moms recognize their worth. What else? Happy moms have faith. Oh yeah, and they pray. Now I know this can be touchy because this leads to religion and all of that. Let's push that all aside. Simply believing in in a higher being or even that there is maybe something bigger, even if we don't know what that oh, might yeah. be. A happy mom, and we know from research that people who are happy have a belief in something bigger. Yep. And when we're willing to put our lives out there in that way and we have faith that tomorrow can be better or the next minute can be better, we're happier. Yeah. We're happier people. I know for me prayer is a huge one too. Again, religion aside, regardless of you know the deity that you might pray to, sometimes my prayer that's thrown to heaven is simply please help me play Candyland one more time. <laughs> Get me through one these shoots and ladders. Right? It's exactly right. And maybe the prayer is just give me three minutes of patience because that's what I need before I drop somebody <laughs> off to go to dance. And yeah. I know if I can get through three minutes, then I can, you know, regroup and start again. Prayer. And those are very simple things. But as moms, we're so caught up sometimes in this monumental. But it's those little tiny things where I have faith that with, you know, that thrown out to heaven, that plea, those three minutes, I can do it. I yeah. can play Candyland one more time. Yeah. I can make this a good experience. I can paint nails again and then have them pick it right off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do that again. Let's do that. And it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Or I can make another meal where someone says, this is not good. This is gross. <laughs> I don't like this. And that contained all the other four kids yeah. who liked it until right. she said it.
it, and I can get through that. Yeah. How come? How come kids learn the word gross? I don't like that's a very advanced word. It is an advanced word, but they all know it. They do. They it know makes it. me sick. Oh, there's another word they've learned, and they understand it ridiculously young. Our three year old yeah. knows full well gross is mm-hmm. gross. She knows what that is. Or how about just the word epic? <laughs> epic, Dad. That was epic. That's like, too many Holy Lego movies. Cow, you've got a great vocabulary. <laughs> but think too, how many prayers have gone out? You know, when your child goes away to college or they go away to war mm-hmm. or when they're in the emergency room because they broke their arm. I mean, that we always – we'll end up throwing the prayer out in a very desperate moment. But maybe we ought to really think of the desperate moment that is one more game of Candyland. It is. And that's what mothers' lives are filled with, right, every day. Yeah. Sometimes it's please help me fold this last load of laundry. I don't want to do anymore, but I need to help me. And so the prayers are simple. The faith is simple, but it's it's powerful. And happy moms do that. They have faith. They can do it. I think if you had real faith, you'd you'd pray that someone else would fold it. (laughs) Except faith also has to be realistic. There's got to be some realism here, right? Yeah. Oh well. And I know no one's coming to fold my whites. That's exactly. So my prayer has to be help me get through it. (laughs) So sad but true. What's the next one? Okay. Happy moms choose good friends. There you go. We are very quick to teach our children to choose good friends. We have a son, he's our oldest, and then we have four girls. Our son hasn't run into it as much, but man, with our daughters, it's a constant every day. What makes a good friend? How can you be a good friend? Who isn't a good, you know, those characteristics. We need to look at ourselves as mothers and say, do we surround ourselves with good friends? Those are women who uplift us, who support us, who aren't comparing, who aren't, you know, making us feel bad because we're not doing more or we're not doing enough. They simply are the ones who are there with open arms and hearts to lift yeah. all the time. We get, we have to surround ourselves oh, with yeah. those type of women. And if we will, it really helps us be happy to know. And reciprocal so that – We do. We how, so be that you're same. being fed and it's not just a one-sided relationship where you're right. dragging them all along. And that's where we turn around and say, and am I also being that good friend? That's a great question. And we give that right back. When we do, you know, it's service. It's kindness. Not only does that make us feel happy, but when people do that for us, we're happy. It's huge. It doesn't mean we're baking bread for the entire, no. you know, neighborhood of right. Lake. That's not what we're saying. We're simply just surrounding ourselves with people we know accept us for who we are. It's beautiful. Support us. And that happy moms do that. They choose good friends. By the way, happy dads do too. They do. <laughs> Actually, and that's happy a good dads thing. don't seem to need as many friends <laughs> for some odd reason. Um, uh, number six. Okay, number six. Happy moms take time for themselves. Yes. You've talked about this today already. Yeah. We've heard it a couple times. It's very important that we find time for ourselves. I remember very clearly we had our son. He's our oldest. So it would have been almost 12 years ago. And my parents came to visit, you know, newborn, first yeah. grandchild. And my dad and I found ourselves alone out on the patio. The baby was asleep. And he knows me well enough to know I was at the point where the tears, yeah. I was exhausted. Some, someone's going to die. It's exactly right. And our little boy was just a few days old. And he asked me if I recalled what they told you on an airplane. Maybe we've heard this. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you're traveling with a child, he said, what do they tell you to do on an airplane? And I said, well, you put your oxygen mask on. And he went along to say, well, what if you're with a child? What do you do? And I said, oh, well, you put it on you and then you put it on them. And he taught me such a good lesson that day. He said, you know, this is just like this adventure you've just, you know, jumped into. You've got to put your oxygen mask on first or you can't ever help that sweet That's little great boy advice. Who's, who's in there sleeping. Now, the key is when we're choosing to spend time for ourselves, we want to choose, you know, a couple things, not everything, but yeah. one or two things that are enriching our lives. And that's kind of the difference. I think as mothers, we tend to fill our lives with lots of extra things and they're good things. But if they're not enriching our lives, yeah. 
then we we need to weed those things out. And one or two is a real manageable number. So pick a couple, put your oxygen mask on first, you know, breathe some deep breaths, and then we're we're able to be much better mothers, yeah, just like we've yeah. talked about. Then you'll about. see clearly right. what to do next. It's exactly right. And we yeah. have the patience to do it and the creativity. You know, being a mom – You've got to be creative and you've got to be patient and long-suffering. And and it helps us do that. So So number six is really to make time for ourselves. That's great. We've got to do that. Seven is to simplify. Happy moms simplify. Oh, yeah. You know, if you think about it, we surround ourselves with lots of things. For me, it always feels like clothes. I just feel like clothes take over. You know, they're on floors and in closets. It's exactly right. When we're trying to manage too much – we get overwhelmed. That's right. not happiness. So we really need to get down to, to to the minimal, to what we really need, what the basics are, and simplify. That means we simplify our calendars. We simplify, you know, our laundry loads. We simplify what we're storing in our garages and our basements. Yeah. Because as moms, we're still managing oh, yeah. all that stuff. Oh. Clothes, so, the old clothes. We still have ha- clothes in our house from the kids from five years ago oh, that yeah. they don't fit, but we don't want to give them away because they cost a lot of money. They do. And, you know, we think that. And so they just eat at us. And yeah. I bet you if you asked your wife, she thinks about those clothes a lot more oh, yeah. even than you do. And it's constantly those uh, clothes. Where do we put them? They're taking it. We don't need that. No. That's extra stress. That doesn't make us happy. So we want to simplify. And when it comes to our schedules, you know, there's really solid research that suggests that kids actually only need one or two extracurricular activities. Oh, boy. And I know that just totally bristles agree. feather. We no. hear it. It's hard. Yeah. But sometimes when kids have 12, you know, five, we got to weed Get them out. Real. Come on. Get to what's important. Find their favorite sport and run with it. What's the eighth one? The last one is that happy moms laugh and smile. Yes, they do. They do. Being a mom should be fun. It should. It should be fun. And sometimes we have to even fake it. You know, it wasn't too long ago, just a couple weeks, and I was getting our daughter ready for school. And sometimes, not sometimes, lots of times that's a fun challenge oh, yeah. in the morning. You know, Four a fun, daughters. A fun way to wake up when it's I don't really want to wear that right. or maybe I do. And as we're kind of going back and forth with things, I had no – I had two choices. I could either look at her and just giggle and laugh or I could get upset yeah. and really frustrated. And it's really easy to choose the upset. And oh, instead yeah. for some lucky, lucky – I must have gotten an extra hour of sleep that night. Something happened. <laughs> Something happened. Something was in the water. And I looked at her and just started laughing. And she looked at me. And she started laughing. She thought you were crazy. She did. She thought I was. What? Where well, did my mom go? That's the magic moment of parenting. It right is. There. And the two of us laughed and laughed and laughed. And then we went on with the situation. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. The rest of the day was so much different because I we simply laughed. and I faked it at oh, first. I love it. No, but when you fake it, you'll get the chemistry. You do. You make it. So really, put that smile on. Look at your kids. Dance with them. Laugh with them. Be goofy with them. Yeah. We'll love it. We'll be happy. Heather Johnson. You made me happy just telling the stories. <laughs> Good stuff. We're going to be back with Heather Ann and Johnson in a minute. We're going to come back and we're going to wrap up the show by talking about those favorite quotes. All those funny things that our mothers say, you know, that make us laugh, just like Heather. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're wrapping up our show today on motherhood and, again, joined by Heather Johnson. Um, If you go to her website, familyvolley.com, 
or you can follow her on Twitter, penandpapergirl.com. Mike's going to come in and help us to talk about moms and how they say the darndest things. Mike, you've been doing, you've been gathering all the, the tweets from our listeners, the calls. What are you finding out? Moms say some pretty funny things. You know, we, we see it on TV and in the movies, uh, but I guess it happens in real life, too. We had a few people uh, send us some Twitter uh, messages. What? What have they said about their mothers? Earlier in the show, at uh, Xander Gamble, he said that his mom said, I don't care if you play with your food as long as it helps you eat it. I think that was pretty funny. Uh, another funny one that we got from at MCK Morris uh, she said that her mom would yell at them as they did yard work and say, don't do a half bad job and leave it. I thought that was kind of funny. I guess you, you can't really control what kind of tweets you get. No, no, no. No. Uh, another one said, uh, if I call you your brother's name, you know I'm mad, but if I call you the dog's name, you may not live through the night. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. We've got two more. Uh, at Katie B.Y. Eager said, maybe you should try internet dating. It will soften the blow of your personality on the first date, her mom said to her. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Mom. You just have, I don't know what it is, Mom, but you have this way about you of making me feel so good. <laughs> I don't even know where you take that That's one. A That's one, a hard one, either. Thanks, Mom. Uh, one more. Uh, at Dallin Morris 18 he said, I, uh, his mother said, I love you more than your siblings because you're the eldest child and the most talented and helpful, said no mother ever. <laughs> yeah. And that's good to know. Yeah, what no great. mother has said yeah. because that's different than what they have said. My mother said, That Michael Pond is handsome. Er, then. <laughs> that's a, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's, that's amazing. They say the darndest things. Oh, I know, but she's seen you. <laughs> she's she's a Facebook follower. <laughs> I mean, I think she's warm for your form. Uh-oh. Well, Mike did ask for her phone number the I other know, day. I she, know, he did, which was totally awkward. You told me to do that. Don't throw this on anyone else, Michael. <laughs> I just so, I want to keep my job. I, I have one question just for you, Just for Mike. everyone that's listening, I just, I'm doing what I'm told. My mother's 73, Mike. Uh, she's out of your league. Here's the deal, though. Um, are you my new daddy? That's what I always ask my mom. Where's my daddy? I need a daddy. You're, so, you're terrible. I am. But I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. It's darndest things. Mom Not said yet, Matt. Things. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how Do the you play ball, goes. though? Because if you were a dad, would you be the dad that plays ball? Because I love ball. Yeah. You want to play catch? We can play catch after this. Oh, man. Mom says never to play ball in the house. That's a good point. Or at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don would get mad. Don would get so mad because you'd break our well, okay. awards. Now, we do have a woman in the room. Yes, we And do. we're asking about mom quotes. She's a mom. So, Heather, do you have any have you, any things that you say to your kids? You I know, know you're trying to think of some. I am. I'm trying to think. Our kids, like you said, would be the best to ask. But our kids often say, I can't. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Or I'll say, you know, put your shoes on. I can't. What do you say? And I always say, can't, never could. Oh, and I'm sure they're just sick. I mean, like That's, I said, our yeah. oldest is 12, and they look at me like, I know. Mom. That's when yeah. I never. key your car. <laughs> well, can't <laughs> never could. Go can't put those could. on. You can do that. Those are great. That's, that is a, that's, you need those little truisms. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so I say that. They, they tell you they hear that. Elbows off the tables. <laughs> my wife has a saying as well. What does she, she say? Let's hear it. It's a great saying, and my kids are tired of it by now. But, yeah. you know, when the kids come back and say, Mom, do I have to? 
oh, why do I have to do that? And, yeah. And she just waves her hand over her stomach and says, grew inside me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's like it's like a it's like a it's like her mantra. Grew yes, inside, grew inside me. me. <laughs> That's a great one. I need to use that one. Uh, grew inside uh, her. I little, can. I can say a little. Grew have a little inside her. That. <laughs> Isn't that that's a that's a good one? Do we are we going to be able to show or do the audio from um, some of the funny things that we've heard? In media? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of funny stuff we probably grew up hearing. You know, the Christmas story. Yeah. Uh, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 Chair Wayne's Ball Air Rifle. No, shoot your eye out. <laughs> you know, when I was like 12, I really wanted a rifle, and my mom would say the same thing. Oh, no, shoot your eye out. Yeah. Shoot your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Let's and, see, that's true. You could get hurt. Uh, also from Carol Brady from the Brady Bunch. Like I said... If you carry a joke too far, somebody can get hurt. That's a great point, Carol. Can't you just see her saying that? I feel like you have a crush on her, Matt. She's cute. Yeah. And uh, she's. Way- well, I was actually more in love with Marsha. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha. Ah, cute girl. Also uh, from the Bill Cosby Show. A rule is a rule. You were told not to do something and you did it anyway. I don't ever want to see that happen again. I'm sorry, Mom. Sorry. And I love you, but you're grounded for a year. Oh, A year? I'll settle for a week. That's the perfect grounding right there. Yeah, perfect. Because you, you, a year and it's, then, okay, just a week. It's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. That's like a sales technique. I'd buy some knives if I heard that technique. Um, Heather, do you have any more that I'm, you used to say? You know, I'm thinking, and I'm trying to think if my mom had some, but she did she ever so tell you, to, "Hey, don't sit so close to the TV, or it'll oh, oh sure, yeah, melt your brain yeah. or make you your eyes." It was yeah, my eyes, not my eyes. brain. My brain would be okay. It was my eyes that it would affect. I think my mom yeah. was worried about my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Evidently, my my mom's concern was more my eyesight. Yeah. So she she focused on that one. My uh, my grandma, my nana, when we told her we were having our sixth child, it was the most beautiful moment. You just you'll relate, Heather. We're sitting there. We're like nana. Just want to let you know we're expecting another baby. This is her statement. She looks me in the eye and, with disgust. <laughs> And she said, Matthew, get control of yourself. <laughs> and it turned from like a beautiful moment to a lack of self-control. And it was all your fault. Yeah, all it was sudden. all my fault. Yeah. And I looked at my yeah. wife and I'm like, me? She's the one. That, I was so gung-ho for number six. Isn't it funny? They can say the darndest things. They can. Yeah, It's powerful. Well, Heather, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for being great. a mother. And thanks for putting up with your family and loving them. Not putting up. That sounds horrible. Thanks for just embracing oh, yeah, we marriage love them, and family. Right? And, Hardest yeah. thing you'll ever do, but it's the best. Totally worth it's it. Best. Let's, uh, let's do this. Hey, favorite quote from William James. The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. How true is that uh, when it comes to our families, our marriages, and our lives? Again, thanks, Mom, for all you do, all you mothers out there, and just everybody that takes care of of children and keeps the smiling and laughter going. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to be asking, what do you do when the inner critic starts speaking up? We're going to teach you how to uh, manage your inner critic. This is the Matt Townsend Show again, trying to help you find the good in life. 
We'll see you again tomorrow right here on BYU Radio.